Welcome to the Nutrition Unpeeled podcast, a place where hungry minds discuss all things evidence-based nutrition, fitness, mindset, and healthy living. We're your hosts, registered dietitian and nutritionists, Courtney, Darian, and Hannah. Let's dive in. The information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only, so always speak to a healthcare provider such as a registered dietitian who can work with you directly about your unique healthcare needs. Hello there, and welcome to another podcast with the Vitality Nutrition Gals. Today we're talking all about the scale and whether it's the right tool for you and how to properly use the scale to track your progress. Yeah, I'm excited to dive into this one. I feel like there's lots of um, interesting variables and considerations we're going to be tackling. So hope you guys all enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. We'll dive into some of the gray area and give all of our thoughts, which may be different from each other, but I think it'll be a good conversation today. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a lot of people might be wondering, like, is the scale a helpful or a harmful tool? And I think there's some pretty black and white perspectives on this scale. It's like, oh my gosh, throw that thing in the garbage, or this is my best friend. Mm -hmm. I step on it every single morning. So Like Hannah said, we're going to kind of delve into that gray area. Um, But something that we do know is whenever we have a specific outcome goal, so it could be losing weight, we need to track some type of data to see if we're getting closer to that goal. And the scale is one tool that can offer us objective data um, and inform um, whether or not our choices are bringing us closer or further away from that uh, goal. However, for a lot of people, tracking their body weight can really get in their head. It might actually stand in the way of their success, or it could even be detrimental to their mental and emotional health. Mm -hmm. So this is definitely something we have to consider when we're determining if the scale is an appropriate tool for our clients. Um, So in this podcast, we're going to discuss what we've experienced with our clients and how we might guide them towards either using this tool or maybe not using this tool and looking at um, some other factors. Hmm. We'll also kind of touch on a few factors outside of body weight that you can use to gauge progress in your health and wellness journey overall. Hmm. Yeah. So before we dive into the specifics of the scale, we wanted to have some dialogue around whether losing weight is actually your goal or whether changing your body composition is your goal. Um, This is a topic we find ourselves chatting with clients about a lot before we set intentions with weight loss because sometimes it's not actually weight loss they're looking to achieve, but that change in body composition. Yeah, for sure. So while weight loss really focuses on losing fat and seeing the number on the scale um, trend downwards, body recomposition, on the other hand, refers to the changes in the body's ratio of fat to muscle. Um, So it involves reducing fat tissue while also simultaneously building muscle or at the very least maintaining your muscle mass. Um, So in doing that, the number on the scale might not necessarily change since the distribution of that weight is changing, i.e. less body fat, but maybe more muscle mass. Um, And unlike body weight, body composition is definitely more difficult to measure because it isn't directly tied to a number on the scale. Yeah. And I mean, body composition um, is exciting to look at, but it's actually quite difficult Mm -hmm. to track objectively because some of the tools that we use to track changes to body Mm -hmm. composition or muscle tissue just aren't accessible to everyone. So one of the gold standard tools is the DEXA scan, which here in Saskatchewan, you won't really have access to unless maybe you're doing some type of study or maybe if your doctor wants you to, to look at your bone density. 
I know um, people in our Alberta can access a DEXA scan and pay to get one done. I actually went to Alberta once and had a DEXA scan done. But again, it's not really a tool accessible to everyone. So when we're assessing body composition, sometimes we have to use a little bit more of like a subjective tool, like the way your clothes fit, what you're noticing um, in the mirror, or maybe like even progress photos for some people. And I'll just dive in actually and say that I do know that you can do a DEXA scan at the university. Like of Saskatchewan for a fee. I think it's like around $100, but they do allow you to do that now. So if it's something you really wanted to do, you could actually here. Oh, that's good to know. I didn't know that. Um, Yeah. So kind of wrapping up this um, point on body recomposition, a lot of times clients aren't sure like am I trying to achieve weight loss? Is it body recomposition that I want? And that's something that we can explore with our clients when we're working with them one-on-one. And actually body recomposition is something we're going to do an entire podcast episode on. It's a really interesting topic that involves both like training factors and nutrition factors. But the bottom line is just to reflect here, like weight loss might be your goal, but it could actually be changing your body shape that you're after. Um, And that's going to influence how you might be interpreting data from this scale. So if you are choosing to use the scale to track your progress, you might be wondering how often you should track your weight and how you might go about interpreting that data. Yeah, so frequency of weighing yourself is really individual for pretty much every person. Um, Some people do find a benefit of weighing themselves every day, and some people it needs to be less frequent. Um, And that really is just dependent, again, on how you're going to use that data and how you react to that data. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so regardless of the frequency that you choose to weigh yourself, whether it's daily, a couple times a week, what we really like to account for with our clients here at Vitality is the weekly weight average. So oftentimes we'll recommend if our clients are using weight to track progress that they take a couple weights in the week, we can get a weekly average for them. And then we compare that average week to week to see what's happening with the trend line. So if the goal was weight loss, we'd be looking to see what does the week one average look like compared to the week two, compared to the week three. Um, And that can help us determine if the suggestions or recommendations we've provided are working for the client or if we need to make some tweaks. So um, I know for a lot of clients, they can get into that roller coaster of the ups and downs of daily weight fluctuations. And we're actually going to talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. But what we like to do, again, is have a couple weights at least in a week, more than one, but it doesn't have to be every day. And then we take that average. So then with that average, there's actually some considerations um, depending if you're male or female. So for our male clients, we can straight up look at the weekly average week to week and see how that trend is changing and make adjustments week to week um, to support that client in reaching their goal, whether it's weight loss or weight gain. Um, If it's a female client, we have to consider something else, and that's um, the client's menstrual cycle. So obviously, if you're on um, birth control or not on birth control can affect this data. But what we see for women is we actually have to look at the weekly weight trends across a month. Um, So throughout the menstrual cycle, um, there's going to be changes to fluid retention, which is going to affect that weekly average. So when we're working with our female clients, oftentimes we're not making adjustments immediately. Um, We're asking questions about where they are in their cycle and then using that to inform um, some changes that we might make to keep them moving towards their goals. So 
specifically like if we're looking at the luteal phase of the cycle, so that's the week before you get your period, that's going to be the phase of the cycle where um, progress on the scale will seem to have stalled. Um, but really, when we get into that follicular phase, so after you get your period, that's when we usually see those lows on the scale um, pull up again. So we want to be patient through the menstrual cycle, understand the normal fluctuations so that we're not uh, making adjustments to our nutrition and, and weight loss plan before it's necessary. Mm -hmm. I find the more we can help like our female clients specifically understand those trends, the more they empowered they really do feel with understanding what's going on in their body. And it, I feel like it helps just like put them at a little bit of ease too um, within their goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The bottom line really for this um, discussion is that daily weight fluctuations do not tell the whole story of your progress. And that's why we really um, support tracking a weekly weight average instead. For men, we know um, we can kind of compare week to week like Courtney said, because there's not as much hormonal fluctuation there. But for women, we really actually want to look across the whole menstrual cycle. So typically a three to four week period, because we can expect different lows and um, highs, like depending where they are in their cycle. So next up, we wanted to chat about why the scale fluctuates daily. So a lot of times we hear people say like the scale fluctuates daily, like throw it out. It's not a valid tool to gauge your progress. And again, definitely not saying that you have to weigh yourself daily or at all. However, if we can understand why the scale fluctuates daily, it can be a lot less frustrating and it can even be empowering mm -hmm. because it helps us understand what might be happening in our body. And it can even inform how we take care of our body day to day. So let's dive into some of the reasons why the uh, scale might fluctuate day to day. Um, the first one is simply the time of the day. I mean, did you weigh yourself in the morning or after at the end of the day, after a full day of eating, you're absolutely going to have a lot more food volume and weight in your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when we're recommending, um, if our clients are tracking weight, we say first thing in the morning, um, before you eat or um, drink anything and after you've gone to the bathroom, that's going to be a consistent time to track your weight so you're actually collecting like a proper data point. And then after that, you do not need to weigh yourself for the rest of the day. Sometimes clients say like, oh, I weigh myself like in the morning and before bed. And it's really not necessary because mm -hmm. that data is irrelevant. Like we need a consistent data point that we're um, comparing to and um, using to collect that weekly average we discussed. Totally. And then also another point um, that people I think don't think about is the time since your last meal. So if we had a, say, like a late night meal because we went out with friends or something like that or whatever, we had a busy day, um, we know that, again, it kind of comes back to like your weight's going to fluctuate depending on the food that you eat, not because it's resulting in actual fat gain or weight gain, but just because your body has something in it that it is still processing. Um, so it's if it's been a long time since your last meal, you know, maybe you ate at 5 p.m. for whatever reason and didn't eat again until the morning, your weight is likely going to be um, a little bit lower versus if you had your last meal at 9 p.m. But again, that's not an indicator of like your true weight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So another reason the scale can fluctuate daily is hydration, which mm -hmm. I think is actually really empowering to understand. Mm -hmm. So if you, you know, step on this scale and it's like, whoa, that was a big drop, um, it might just clue you to reflect on your hydration. Are you dehydrated? Because if yes. you have less um, fluids in your system, obviously um, fluids have weight to them. So um, you might be dehydrated. And even like on the 
uh, other end of it too with dehydration. It's like even sometimes there's that mechanism that comes into play where it's like your body's starting to retain fluids now mm-hmm. as a um, kind of safety piece where that fluid homeostasis isn't being maintained. So it's like you can actually see your weight even increase sometimes with dehydration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could just be a clue to check uh, check in on your hydration status, which actually leads well into the mm-hmm. next point, which is alcohol consumption. So alcohol um, can be dehydrating to the body. So if you've had a big night of drinking and then you step on the scale, you might actually see a weight drop um, if you're dehydrated. And mm-hmm. then you might see that rebound up over the next couple days is, again, like Darian said, your body's Mm. kind of reestablishing your fluid balance. So again, alcohol is certainly a factor that can affect the fluid balance in your body. Yeah. And again, that kind of leads into the next point, which is your sodium and electrolyte balance. So we know electrolytes are really important for maintaining proper hydration and fluid balance. So again, if we're kind of out of whack, whether because maybe we're low on electrolytes um, and therefore we're retaining more water or we're not retaining enough water because we don't have enough electrolytes, that's also going to result in a shift on the scale. Again, kind of in the realm of hydration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This next point I think is really powerful to understand, and it's that if your muscles are sore, you're going to be retaining some fluid around those recovering muscles. So if your body's quite sore, that might be something you want to take note of before you step on the scale because you're likely going to see that the number is a little bit higher. Again, as Hannah said earlier, not a sign that your body fat percentage has increased, mm-hmm. but you're just holding on to some fluids. They're bringing nutrients to the site to recover the muscles, carrying away waste products. And until that muscle soreness clears, your weight might be a little bit high. So when you have a recovery day or when you no longer feel sore, you'll see that weight shift down. And so if you can understand that that's normal, you might even use that data in a powerful way. Like, oh, my weight's up. I'm sore. Maybe I need to do some extra foam rolling. Maybe I need to do a recovery walk um, to support my body. On the talk of muscles, glycogen status can also play a role in weight fluctuation. So glycogen is the storage form of carbohydrates in our muscles. And one gram of glycogen actually stores about three to four grams of water with it. So we get more glycogen when we eat carbohydrates. And if we've had kind of a carb-rich meal, we're going to have a little bit more glycogen in our body. So we can just expect some fluid or water retention to be stored with that. Or if we've kind of hit a workout, our glycogen stores are going to start getting used up and going down. So again, you can kind of see how it might ebb and flow with our carbohydrate intake as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I guess kind of to build on that topic, Mm -hmm. carbohydrates in general just attach with fluids. So that's why people often see that big drop in weight if they've done a low Mm -hmm. carbohydrate diet Mm -hmm. um, because they're losing a lot of fluid or if you've had a you know, maybe more carbohydrates than normal, you might be holding on to a little bit more fluid. So another consideration is inflammation and illness. So we talked about inflammation in terms of like the acute inflammation in the muscle. But if there's some chronic inflammation happening in your body, that can also, again, cause um, extra fluids to be on board. So there's quite a few factors we've talked about related to fluid. But if you're sick or you're experiencing inflammation in your body, again, that can affect your daily weight fluctuation. So it's something that we might want to account for. Mm-hmm. Another one is fiber. So fiber is kind of latched onto that carbohydrate category where fiber is the indigestible part of carbs, but similar to carbs, it does store more water with it. And fiber has different mechanisms where 
different fluids and water can be drawn in to help it kind of flow through our body. So depending, maybe you have a really high fiber intake, your weight is probably going to jump up. Yeah. And on that note, like when I'm working with athletes who are maybe cutting weight Mm -hmm. um, for a weight class competition, it's like that's one strategy we use. Mm -hmm. We might reduce their fiber intake um, quite low because we know that they're going to lose weight in terms of like the actual volume of that fiber and then all the water stored with it. So that's just a little trick of the trade for anybody in a weight class sport and something that we'd only do immediately before the competition to manipulate their weight. It's not actually manipulating their body body composition in any way. So their fat mass and muscle mass, it's just to affect their weigh in. So another factor that we consider um, for weight fluctuations are our hormones, um, especially for women. Um, so we touched on this briefly in the previous section, but understanding how hormonal fluctuations throughout your cycle influence fluid balance is, is pretty important so that you're empowered when you're tracking your body weight and not frustrated. Um, so as mentioned earlier, for most women, that week before they get their period is when they might be retaining some fluids because they're Um, maybe feeling a little bit bloated. Um, Digestion could be changing. So digestion can often slow with the increase in the hormone progesterone. So there's a few factors that can cause, you know, weight loss to be stalled on this scale, but it's not really that the changes you're making aren't influencing your body composition if weight loss is a goal. It's just that that change in fluid balance um, is something that we need to consider. Mm Another one that people might experience is when you're traveling, air travel can really cause some shifts in weight. And that's just from the different pressure changes happening. And you might find you come off the plane, you're a little bit puffy, you're like you're just like retaining a lot of fluid. And even um, the perspective of the pressure changes, like your air's at, your body's actually trapping a little bit more air in like your gut and your intestines too. So you might even find you feel more bloated. But the water retention is a huge one there too. Yeah. And I know for different flights, like the shorter flights, they don't pressurize the cabin the Mm. same as on like a longer Mm, flight yeah so on a short flight you'll notice that your feet are puffier you're retaining more fluid so you need to drink more water to hydrate Mm -hmm. your body because that fluid's actually in the intracellular space so it's not hydrating you um but i know sometimes my clients come back from a trip and they feel like really discouraged that their weight's gone up um but really it's like okay maybe it didn't actually (laughs) go up it's just that there's some shifts in fluid balance and oftentimes like it takes a couple days for you to potentially drop that water weight. So, I mean, don't um, get too frustrated. It's very normal to experience that weight change um, with air travel. Absolutely. When we kind of hit it with a few points, but your digestion, right? Like Court said at the beginning, when we're weighing ourselves, we kind of encourage if you are choosing to weigh yourself to do it after you've had a bowel movement. And I work with a lot of digestive health clients. And if they are experiencing digestive upset or even like constipation, it's like you can just expect that your weight is going to change if that kind of volume sitting there all the time. So just understanding that digestion and if you've gone to the bathroom is going to impact that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I often say to clients, like, the scale is a fickle bitch in the sense of, like, we know there's so many things that are going to impact it, which is, like, what we're just trying to, like, 
discuss here. Mm-hmm. And there's even more factors that we I'm sure we haven't touched on. Um, and so really our goal is instead of feeling like frustrated by these fluctuations is if we can like understand why they're happening and know that these changes are normal, we can actually be empowered by them because it's again, what is that data telling you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it kind of pulls back to our previous point, which is why we like to look at weekly averages, because it tells a better picture of what's happening. And then we can actually plot and track those changes week to week, month to month over the course of the year um, so that we're not getting caught up in the roller coaster of emotions that might come alongside these daily fluctuations. So, I mean, We'll kind of delve into whether tracking weight is is right for you, but this is something, um, these daily fluctuations is something we think everyone needs to know about if they are choosing to use the scale. So even if you understand the daily um, fluctuations to weight and you know how to interpret the data, the scale still might not be the right tool for you. And we want to have a discussion on why that is and what you might consider when you're deciding whether or not to track your body weight. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we see a lot of times like, you know, people have a complicated relationship with the scale. They've used it um, maybe not properly, quote unquote, in the past. And that has just developed something that isn't positive for them. So what I like to explain to clients is kind of thinking of the scale use in your relationship with the scale on more of a spectrum. Um, So, you know, one side of the scale spectrum is that you're stepping on the scale every day and it's actually dictating how your day is going, how you feel about yourself. Um, So, you know, you see a weight you like and you're happy and now you had a good day, but you step on the scale and you see a weight that you don't love. um, And now, you know, you've just set yourself up for kind of a crummy day because it's really impacting almost your self-worth. Okay, and then kind of as we move along the spectrum, um, we see some people who thrive and do best with no scale at all, right? So if we're going from a place where the scale is a really negative thing, it's dictating how we feel on a day-to-day basis, sometimes that next step and maybe the final step is, hey, the scale is just not a tool that we use because we've determined it's not right for you. Um, And then, you know, we can go further along that spectrum and we can just see weight as a pure data point, right? So it's not dictating how we're feeling. Um, It's not dictating a whole lot. It's just one piece of the puzzle that we step on, we see a data point and we move on with our day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And personally, I can relate to being at each point of that mm-hmm. spectrum. And and something that we've talked about is sometimes we move around on that spectrum, even day to day. Maybe some days, you know, we do feel like or some weeks or p- seasons of our life, the scale is just data for us. That information or that number is just data. But other times it does have more of an emotional attachment. So it takes a lot of awareness to determine where we are on the spectrum and whether or not the scale is going to be an appropriate tool for us. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not a like fault, I guess I want to say, you know, like a personal fault if you're like, oh, I can't get to this place where the scale is just a data point, right? Um, it is so complicated. It's intertwined so much in like a lot of things around diet and weight and body image and everything else. And so if you determine and like we can help you determine that too, that the scale is just not something providing value in any sense or, you know, it's harming more than it's helping, then that is an okay place to be. Um, that weight is just simply not a tool that you need to use or a data point that you need to use to track progress. 
Yeah, and I know I've been all along the spectrum in my relationship with the scale, so to speak. And so when I was competing in a weight class sport, the scale or the number on the scale really just was data for me. It was important data. I needed to have it. I needed to know where I was at so that I was um, within the weight range that I needed to be to compete in weightlifting. Um, and it really didn't have any type of an emotional connection to it. Um, and so that was a period of my life where it was absolutely fine to be, you know, tracking my weight daily and looking at that data. But certainly, like, there's been other times of my life where it's been um, better not to use the scale at all because that external data point would influence the choices that I knew I needed to make for my health. So, for example, when I was working on my hormonal health and restoring my menstrual cycle, I knew what I needed to do. I needed to eat more. I needed to exercise less. And that might have meant that my weight was changing. Um, And so not having that feedback was really important for me because because it kept me connected to what I knew I needed to do for my health. And had I been checking my weight every day, I might have been a little bit scared or it might have pulled me away um, from that goal I had to restore my menstrual cycle. So, um, I mean, that was a time where I identified the the scale wasn't the right tool for me. And now, honestly, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Like some days I have a self-reflection like, oh, I'm curious, you know, where my weight is, kind of where it's averaging. I want to step on this scale today and maybe kind of consider that data point. But other days I check in and I think like, you know, that's not going to influence my day positively. Like I don't need that data point. Um, I'm not going to step on the scale. So I kind of float honestly somewhere in the middle um, where I do have that emotional connection sometimes. And I recognize, hey, this isn't a day to be stepping on the scale or maybe this isn't a season of my life where this is a tool I want to use or a tool that's dictating or, you know, informing my health. Totally. And I think too, like even if you're on that, like, hey, like it's a data point scale, I mean, it still doesn't mean you need to step on it every day, right? So like right now I would say I'm not, I don't have any huge body goals in any means and I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at. So like I could step on the scale and probably not feel a whole lot towards it. But at the same time, it's actually not informing any of my choices because I, you know, I'm in tune. I'm at a place where I'm not necessarily going after a certain type of progress that Mm -hmm. would make me have to like track like that kind of data, even though I'd be okay with tracking, if that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The bottom line of this point is if the number on the scale is really impacting your emotions for better or even for worse, um, it might be time to ditch the scale and focus on different indicators of success for a while. And those indicators are things we're going to talk about right now. thinking beyond the scale. Even if your goal is weight loss and you're choosing to track your body weight, there are many other markers of progress that indicate that your food or your lifestyle choices are improving your health and wellness. Yeah, so some of these might include sleep. So maybe your sleep has improved as a means of changing your nutrition or other variables in your day. And I think that's a huge one Mm and one we often like focus heavily on with clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we also often notice um, like a change in mood. And I think that this is like for a few reasons. One, if we're nourishing our body correctly, our body's just going to function better, right? Mm -hmm. So it can regulate our emotions a little bit better. We'll be in a happier mood. Um, But also like kind of ties into you're going to have more energy. You're going to feel like mentally better, like because you're doing something good for your body, which you're actually getting like a physical um, result in, in the sense of you feel more energized. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, another 
factors that you might reflect on to know that your nutrition is working for you is recovery. If you're someone who trains and you're noticing you're crushing your workouts, mm-hmm. your recovery feels great. I mean, that's a huge indicator mm-hmm. of progress and definitely is a sign that your nutrition is working for you and something to celebrate. Definitely. And on that note, like digestion as well, right? When you're eating different nutrients in different amounts and you're really optimizing your intake, that's going to support your gut health as well. Digestion is a huge factor that's going to be changing and improving for you. Yeah, I know for myself personally, I've focused on digestive health quite a lot in the past few months, and it's really exciting to feel like my digestion is improving. And yeah, I think that's an awesome like non-scale victory, Mm -hmm. as they say. (laughs) Often clients come to us with goals to improve their menstrual cycle, and we think that's a really cool variable to be tracking and seeing the improvement that results as a change in your nutrition. Yeah, so so often... um, People might come to us with very symptomatic cycles, and there's actually a lot we can do through nutrition and lifestyle um, to improve some of those symptoms or relieve those symptoms. And so having a more symptomless cycle, I mean, that's a huge win and something that certainly reflects that your nutrition and your lifestyle habits are working for you. So that's something that we like to celebrate with our clients and track to see how we can support them. And again, um, considering how that influences um, whether or not what you're doing for nutrition is working. Another variable would be your blood work. So what's going on inside your nutrient status, cholesterol levels, inflammatory markers, hormones, all of those can be reflected and improved through our nutrition intake. Yeah. So if you are, you know, tracking certain variables with your doctor, like maybe you're looking to improve your iron status mm-hmm. or reduce your LDL cholesterol, um, those are all signs that you know, you're making progress and awesome um, victories to celebrate. Yeah. And then one kind of final point, which I think kind of encompasses all these different points we've just talked about of non-scale wins or ways to track progress is your mindset. So how are you feeling like about what you're doing, about your progress? And I think something that really stands out to us is reflecting back to clients to reflect for themselves of, you know, what if your sleep was awesome? You had a, you felt good throughout the day. Your energy was good. Your digestion was consistent. You were recovering from the gym. You were performing well at the gym. You had, you know, a good menstrual cycle that you didn't have a ton of symptoms on and your blood work came back like as you would want. If all those things happened, would you be okay if there wasn't that number on the scale reflected back to you, right? So looking at that and seeing like, what am I gaining actually from making these nutrition changes versus we're just focusing. It's very easy to just focus on oh, I want to lose. I want to lose weight, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's so powerful in the mindset realm, but then also when we're just tracking progress to, yes, consider weight is one tool we can use, but really like where are we gaining in the rest of our lives from these habit changes we're making? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a rabbit hole, I mean, we could go down here is, is, is changing your weight or decreasing your body weight even healthy or reflective of your health? Because sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think there's a misconception um, for a lot of people that a lower body weight means that they're healthier. And mm-hmm. oftentimes that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, Totally. And so I think we'll probably like deep dive in on another podcast on this. But it is kind of, again, that consideration and a reflection that the scale is not determining your health. And it's also 
it definitely should not by any circumstance um, like be determining like your Mm self-worth and so that's why we yes we absolutely support clients to use that as one data point but it's all these other things to us that are actually going to impact your health so much more and are great indicators of your health um, so much more than just a single number on the scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to wrap up this point, our recommendation, if you choose to use the scale, is to also reflect on other factors that might inform whether or not your nutrition is working for you. So here are some things to remember when it comes to using the scale. Consider whether you'd actually like to achieve weight loss or if body recomposition is your goal. And again, that's something we're going to delve into in a later episode. If you are weighing yourself, weigh yourself a couple times a week so that you can collect a weekly weight average and compare that weekly weight average week to week, which can inform any adjustments you might make to your nutrition. And then another thing to consider is we really want to understand why weight fluctuates daily and give yourself space to reflect on that um, so that we can use the data point for what it is, a single data point. Mm -hmm. Remember that the number on the scale isn't a tell-all for your health. Consider other factors that are going to indicate improvement or maintenance of good health and just what's feeling good for your body. So we've actually written a blog post on this topic. So if you're interested in reading um, this topic on our blog, vitalitynutrition.ca slash blog, you can definitely find it there. And if you have any feedback or thoughts on this topic, we invite you to comment on the blog post. We'd love to connect with you um, and hear your perspective on the scale as a tool. Thanks for spending your time with us. To further fill your plate, Follow us on social media using the links in our show notes or visit us online at vitalitynutrition.ca. And as always, we welcome your ratings and reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay fed, stay moving, and stay well. Produced at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.